0: Hello and welcome. You are tuned in to the Alachua County Extension Court Podcast, where we plug in and bring UF IFIS Extension to life. Hello and welcome to this month's episode of the Plant of the Month. This month of July, we are going to be spicing up your life because this plant of the month is pepper. All things pepper. We're not just focusing on one particular pepper. We're going to be talking about all sorts of peppers, so... As usual, I have in the studio with me uh, Cynthia Nazari O'Leary, our environmental horticulture agent, and Martha Maddox, our family and consumer sciences agent. So let's start with growing some peppers. What, uh, what do the folks out there need to know, Cynthia?
1: Well, to begin with, you know, summer is a great time to grow peppers. They like it hot. Even if they're not a spicy pepper, they like that hot weather. Mm-hmm. Um, So I first wanted to talk about that there are some different peppers that you can grow. So um, there's your sweet peppers. Uh, A lot of people are familiar with the bell peppers. Um, But there's a bunch of different type of, you know, sweeter peppers that you can grow. There's also your hot peppers. Um, And then there's even ornamental peppers. There's been, you know, within the past few years, there's been this popularity of growing peppers as an ornamental plant. And usually those peppers are spicy. Yeah. Um, But you know, they come in all different colors, so they can really add add pop to your garden. And especially here in the summer where there's not a lot else that can take the heat, um, having those ornamental peppers can kind of add some color to your landscape when everything else is kind of, you know, um, not as active.
0: Yeah, they are extremely drought tolerant. I had some pepper in my patio, and it's just a, it's a heat box. It's concrete walls and it just gets a million degrees in there and i only had it in like a six inch pot and it, the leaves were drooped over it was i had neglected it for a while and maybe several days but came back and gave it water and it was like nothing happened right it has unbelievable yeah. drought tolerance these yeah the
1: peppers are are drought tolerant but if you're looking to really develop a nice fruit set you you know regular watering is preferred for these plants yeah, they I, they like that full sun, so especially in that hot afternoon, you might see that afternoon wilt, um, and then that's okay. They can recover from that, but you do want um, more regular watering. But they don't want their feet wet. They don't want their mm-hmm. roots wet. They want really good, well drained soil, um, and they can they can have that soil dry out just a little bit. You really don't want to overwater um, overwater your peppers, um, so keeping it, you know, making sure you have, um, you know, well-drained soil. If you have sandy soil, you might want to add some organic matter in there, so some compost. Um, while they can do well in the sandy soil, um, to be able to kind of hold any fertilizer that you might be applying, mm. you want to have some, you know, organic matter in there as well. Yeah,
0: not only that, but with if you have just sand, you got to go out there every half hour and water because <laughs> the water-holding <laughs> capacity of sand is, is not... Not right, great. right. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we I, we went into depth, I think, on our tomato podcast about something called blossom end rot, because you, you mentioned consistent watering mm-hmm. and peppers can also get blossom end rots just when the blossom end of the fruit doesn't form fully because of a calcium deficiency. And it's not really because the calcium is deficient in the soil. It's because of uneven watering. So anytime that soil dries out, if you've got fruit setting, you want to just make sure you're you're putting moisture back in there, not to the point where you have standing water in the soil, but that you have a good uh, you know, uh, wet enough soil. If you pick up, if it's in a pot, you pick it up, and as soon as it stops dripping out the bottom, that's right. So That's, the, that's right. your water holding capacity. That's where you want it to be.
1: And I would think too, if you're if you're growing, you know, know your variety or know your species of pepper that you're growing as well, because peppers like you know your bell peppers, uh, they are going to have more water in them than, mm-hmm. let's say, a cayenne pepper that's you know going to be have less moisture in it. So when those peppers are developing, they're going to need that water. So uh, that's another thing to just be, you know, conscious of what type of peppers you're growing. And even if you're growing sweet and hot peppers, those sweet peppers might need a little bit more watering to get a nice uh, fruit set. Okay.
0: So um I know we're jumping all around here but you did mention that um uh, there you know just different types of varieties species of, of peppers now there's one that's actually kind of unique to Florida or Florida kind of puts their stamp on this pepper uh that is the daddle pepper can you tell me more about that
1: Sure um so the daddle pepper the legend is is that it was brought to St Augustine um from Spain by the Menorcan. So the Menorcan are from the island of Menorca, oh. which is in the Mediterranean. So there's there's uh, some various islands in the Mediterranean, but more people may be familiar with the island of Majorca. It's the bigger one, and Menorca is the smaller one. I see what they did there. <laughs> right. So um, apparently the Menorcans came over probably with, you know, the Spanish con- colonization of that area and they brought those peppers with them, and so to this day, the um, the the dattle peppers—I always want to say dattil—but um, <laughs> the the, the dattle peppers are You're in the <laughs> south. <It's datil. laughs> right. yeah. are, are popular in St. Augustine, and are um, pe- people will customize their hot sauces with the with these peppers, and so there's all sorts of you know um, homemade and kind of local recipes. You know every everyone has their family recipe for sure. this for this hot sauce but it did come over from um Men- Men- you know from Norcan. spain with the Menorcan.
0: interesting so. so yeah i was gifted a daddle and that's the daddle i was talking about that i kind of put through the heck if you will <laughs> and tried it <laughs> out but it, it survived and uh it's a it's a it's a pretty little pepper it's a kind of a smaller pepper it's yellowish orange in color and i have yet to make something out of out of my fruit set but we're gonna. I don't know. Yeah, we make can something. maybe
1: explore that with Martha. So yeah, what's really cool about the datil pepper is it has. It's been compared to the habanero, so it's definitely got some heat to it, um, but it also has kind of like a sweet fruitiness as well, if you can get past that heat. So that's what really makes it nice in these uh, different hot sauces.
2: Yeah, that that's. I'll cover something on that in a minute, Cynthia, about the colors and stuff. So don't let those colors fool you with the daddle pepper (laughs) because if you're not an intense heat person and you don't like spicy hot, then that may not be the pepper just like the habanero may not be for you. And some people even tell me the jalapeno. But just make sure with that daddle that you get all those seeds out of there because the more seeds you keep Mm -hmm. in there, the intensity of the heat. That's where
0: the capsaicum is. Yeah, the
1: capsicum. Mm -hmm. So... Another recommendation, too, when you're growing peppers is if you have kids um, that to be wary, just handling peppers Mm -hmm. can Mm -hmm. also leave that capsicum residue. And then if they rub their eyes or any sensitive areas on their person, then um, that can Mm -hmm. be an irritant. (laughs) So um, just make sure if you have hot peppers that.
0: I yeah, make fun of my brother to this day about that. When we were kids, you know, he, he's bigger and stronger than me, so I, I, I had to hold things over his head. He was out in the garden picking jalapenos, and one know. of them squirt right into his eye, and he came in the house crying, so I, I still give him grief about that. But that's a good caveat. <laughs> Maybe use some gloves if you're out there picking yes, your peppers.
1: and yes. if you're propagating peppers. So I actually had this when I was teaching a class. We were doing propagation, and somebody wanted to harvest their habanero seeds to propagate them. Mm-hmm. And um, he didn't wear gloves and then went to the restroom and we just heard this loud yelling. (laughs) So if you're going to be, um, and I think even when you're working with peppers, if you have plastic gloves to really kind of clear out those seeds, because once, once you touch it, you're going to have it on your, have it on your hands. So even when you're um, cutting open those um, peppers to harvest the seeds for further propagation, you want to be careful handling those seeds.
0: Excellent. So is there anything else when in terms of growing these peppers that we you know we we talked about consistent watering. I'm sure they'll use fertilizer. Um you said full sun. Yes. Um we can grow them in the ground, we can grow them containerized. Yes.
1: Um, but there are of course, you know, as with the Florida summers, we've got insect lots of insects, lots of pests, potential diseases. So with especially anything in this family. So peppers are in the same family as tomatoes and eggplants, the Solanaceae family. Mm -hmm. And those families, because we've been growing these type of, you know, fruits and vegetables for quite a long time, um, they also have a lot of pests associated with them. So my recommendation when you're growing any of the plants in this family is to, one, if you've grown tomatoes – in one area, don't follow it with peppers. Grow something else that's not in that family. So especially if, you're, if you've also grown peppers, don't follow that with tomatoes or eggplants. So think about that rotation when you're growing these plants. Also, continuous monitoring them. And, and that means looking under the leaves. That's always what I tell people is to, you know, look at the bottoms of the leaves. That's what's going to tell if you have any sucking insects or eggs being laid Um, So that you can catch it early because the earlier you can catch a lot of these insects, um, the the better it'll be for your plant and the easier it'll be to control.
0: Absolutely. And with, you know, with fruiting or, or, you know, plants that you're going to eat. Uh, our options for control get reduced because we don't want to be spraying pesticides on something exactly. that we're going to eat. So yeah, monitoring to get ahead of the problem is, 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 a, is definitely a good idea. And unfortunately, there's a host of, of diseases that they get as well. Anthracnose is a big one because anthracnose will get on the fruit It'll create really ugly looking sunken lesions that have concentric circles in there. You can cut it out and the fruit's fine. But if you're trying to market your product, it just completely eliminates your market. Um, There are other viral diseases as well. So a lot of our viruses are transmitted by insects. So again, go out there and scout early. Make sure you're not seeing a high insect load on your plants. Right. Because um, if, if if they would end up getting a virus, there's no cure for that. You just got to rogue that plant out so it doesn't spread to, the, to your and others.
1: Exactly. And so, too, when you're planting your peppers, give them space. Yes. So you have that air movement within the plants. Plan on, you know, each pepper will vary in size depending on the species. So double check whatever if you're growing it from seed or what information you know about that plant, how big it's going to get. Some of them do need help with trellising, too, if they get too big so um, see what type of plant you're going to have whether it's going to be more shrubby will it need support how tall will it get and then plan accordingly for that space. I would also say that don't water at night a lot of these disease issues that you can get any fungal pathogens um, can happen when you have water or moisture staying staying on those leaves and then again monitor for you know, those aphids, the mites, these are really popular, like, summer insects. There's a pepper weevil, too, that you're going to want to monitor mm-hmm. um, because it actually lays things, lays its eggs inside. So look for any damage. You know, uh, chewing chewing insects will leave, you know, big holes, whereas sucking insects are going to leave more, like, stipuled leaves or the leaves start to kind of curl in funny ways. Um, I always tell people also look for ants. If you have a lot of ants in your, in your garden, um, ants could be quote-unquote farming these sucking insects. They basically um, harvest the, the sweet exudate that these insects leave behind. And so they will tend to defend these insects as well. So monitor for ants. If you see ants, then definitely check under those leaves um, and also monitor for thrips. Those are what you can find often in the flowers of these of these plants. Um, a lot of times, if you just shake, um, if you if you've noticed some some damage, try and shake some of the flowers over a white piece of paper, and a lot of times you'll see maybe these little black little things fall out, and those are most likely thrips. But you want to get those identified and find out what they are because they can be vectors for. The tomato spotted wilt virus, which, as you mentioned, once you get it, you really just have to remove it because there's no, really, no treating. Yep. Yeah. No Treating it, so
0: that's true. All right, all very, very good advice, Cynthia. And if um, our listeners out there, if we do, if you do find something on your leaves you're not sure what it is, consider sending in a sample to your local extension agent, or of course, there's always the plant uh, diagnostic clinic on campus that does a wonderful job of of diagnosing your, your plant health issues. We can do what we can here at the office for free. There is a charge if you submit it to the clinic of $40, but, uh, it's good to know what you've got because you can't start the right management strategy unless you have the right diagnosis.
1: So exactly, exactly. So check those plants frequently, just go out there. That's your best defense is to really get out there early and find out what it is. So
0: cool. All right. So Martha, Uh, if people are looking at some tasty varieties to put in the ground, what are some different types of of, uh, good edible peppers?
2: Well, the most, I'm going to talk about four common culinary. These are the ones that are most commonly used in culinary purposes. And they're your bell pepper, Mm -hmm. your jalapeno peppers, your serrano chili peppers, and your Hungarian wax peppers.
0: Hmm. So I'm I'm very familiar with bell and, and jalapeno. Bell is sweet, jalapeno is hot serrano chili pepper sounds hot is that a spicy or a pepper it, it,
2: it's very spicy and any of your chilies again i'm you're going to hear me you're probably going to get tired of hearing me but <laughs> if you've ever done this you'll know why you, you've got to anytime you wear uh, or you use like jalapenos your serranos any of your chilies uh your, your uh, daddle wear those gloves yeah. because um you, you just don't want to handle the chili peppers without gloves on, and also when you're preparing them to use and you're cutting them, you and taking the seeds out, you want to have some gloves on.
0: Sure, and then the last one you mentioned was Hungarian wax pepper, mm-hmm. and I, I've never really heard of that one before. What does that look like?
2: It, it's your uh, yellow glossy pepper, and oh, okay. it's real waxy. Okay. Very very waxy. Is it long? It's long. It's, it's like l- a ba- okay. banana pepper. Is what sure. you may. I didn't know it as, too. Oh, okay. You know, they're kind of two in the same. Oh,
0: okay. That makes a lot more sense. Great. So we're at the store, and we're looking at a big old shelf full of peppers. Which ones uh, do we want to select?
2: Well, you want to make sure on all your peppers, like you talked about, is when you buy your peppers, they don't have cuts on them, they don't have bruises, they don't have spots, and the stems are not shriveled. <clears throat> now then, let's go into the different types because there's different things you want to look like, look at. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at the bell peppers, uh, you want to select them fresh. You want to make sure they're very bright in color. You want to make sure that skin is tight and heavy for the size of the pepper. And if it's dull, shriveled, and pitted, leave it on the shelf. And we'll get into talking about different colors because different colors means different things with uh, peppers, Kevin. And your jalapeno peppers, you want those to be very firm and you want those chilies to be stretched. Uh, The stretch marks, because on jalapenos, if you've ever got some of the bigger jalapenos, jalapenos, there are stretch marks on them. And this often indicates that that pepper is hotter. And again, be careful when handling these peppers because... You know, if you touch your eyes,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you're going to be like your brother was. Sure. Sorry, sorry, sorry.
0: That's, and that's really interesting about the stretch marks because coming from a plant physiology standpoint, those develop under dry conditions. Mm-hmm. And you've always heard that under dry conditions, you might get a hotter pepper. So right. That's interesting.
2: And your serranos, uh, you want them firm and heavy, and you also want that skin very, very smooth. And you want these uh, chilies free of moisture. You don't want any moisture on them at all. And your Hungarian wax, you want them crisp. It's, it's got to be crisp because if they're not crisp, they're not good. You want them yellow and you want them glossy. Uh, if you buy a, a pickle-pepper relish mixture, and the one that comes to mind is the cauliflower and peppers, uh, that is what they use is the Hungarian wax in that. And, again, you wear those gloves.
0: Okay. So there's a saying about bell peppers that's one plant three flavors. That's right. Can you explain that?
2: <laughs> yeah, I sure can. <clears throat> because when you go to the store to buy bell peppers, are they all green, Kevin?
0: Green, yellow, orange, red, and I always pick <laughs> based on what color's lacking from my dish.
2: Right. <laughs> so I, uh, I think orange, you have you know? a dietitian in your family, do, kind of, coming do. in there. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is a good way of, with my plate to get that rainbow in your uh, food uh, palette uh, because of all the different colors. And with kids, a lot of kids do not like a bell pepper, a green bell pepper, mm-hmm. because those are normally not ripe. It's a bell pepper picked before it gets ripe. Oh. And it has that peppery, Mildly sweet taste. Now then, if you leave that green bell pepper on the stem, it will mature on the vine and it will start turning orange and yellow. It will turn yellow first and then orange or yellow. And that way, it has a fruitier flavor and a little milder, sweeter. Now it's not really sweet, but it's milder. Now then, you continue to leave that red or or Yellow or orange one on the vine, and it will ripen fully to a red pepper, which will cost you more money because it's been on the vine longer. And that red pepper is very, very sweet. And most younger kids, if you're trying to get them to eat the pepper family, you will take and start out with a red
0: pepper. I'll be done, And then
2: kind of introduce them on down. And that way they have that sweet taste, and they don't think. And when you're preparing these bell peppers, you want to make sure to cut out the core, the stem, and then you split it and cut all the seeds out and take the veins or the membrane out Mm -hmm. and just have the flat pepper, no membrane and no seeds in there.
0: I'm a terrible horticulturalist. I thought it was different varieties or species. It's just different levels of ripeness. And they are sweeter. You notice that, you know, orange and yellow and red are sweeter than the green. Mm -hmm. It's got that more peppery taste and and mm. when you're dying. when you
2: start roasting too if you roast the peppers uh that we'll talk about you're going to see a difference in the roasting and the flavor too and and believe it or not your green peppers in roasting have a better flavor than your red and your yellow and all like that
1: and you know that's true for all the other peppers too uh-huh. so like you can have a green jalapeno and you can have a red jalapeno mm-hmm. the red one will be slightly sweeter slightly sweeter but it'll still be spicy you can have red serranos, yeah. and and you still thing. need to
2: wear those gloves, though. <laughs> you do, just because they're ripe doesn't mean all the oils yeah. are out. Nope. No, no.
0: Very true. Okay, very interesting. Awesome. So, um, how how do we best store these at home? Because I know sometimes once I cut into a pepper, I've only got a few days before that thing needs to be made.
2: Right, mm-hmm. and and if you if you've, I'm going to touch on that since you said you cut into it, mm-hmm. because. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you cut into it, you've already used part of it. So you're just going to store those in a bag. And, and with some of these that I say wrap in a um, paper towel, you'll do that too because uh, the serrano especially does not like the moisture. Gotcha. But you store all of these peppers differently. Unfortunately, this is the one plant that has different different storage. So let's take the bell pepper. Mm-hmm. You can store that in a plastic bag and use it within five days. Are just store it in your crisper. Now, I've had so many people say, I store it in that plastic bag. Well, you've got to have air circulation. So if you don't have a vegetable, you know, plastic bag, you want to take your scissors or a knife and, and punch some holes in that. I prefer just putting it in a crisper. But I will say this, with onions and bell peppers, if you store them in your crisper, beware, because the scent will get in your refrigerator or it will blend. I had a lady that had stored cream cheese in the same crisper drawer. Why she had it in a crisper drawer is beyond me, but she had it in there with the bell peppers, and yeah. when she used it for her dish, it had a very distinct bell pepper taste, oh and it will. Garlic, onions, and bell pepper Reeks in your refrigerator. I kind of want
0: to do that on purpose, like infusing yeah. your it's cream cheese. It's very good.
2: It, it, yeah, I've cool. done it on purpose before. Kathy.
0: Okay. For
1: stuffed jalapeno right? peppers. Yes,
2: yes. Oh. I take, uh, I take my stuffed jalapeno peppers, Cynthia, and I will put them in a bag together with my my cream cheese in the box in that bag, and let it set for a couple of days, and then that has infused in there. So yeah, that is really really good to do. Now then. Your, your jalapenos, you want to wrap them unwashed. Do not wash your jalapenos. Just, you know, wipe them with a paper towel, get all the dirt and stuff off, uh, and put them in a paper towel in the refrigerator in a plastic bag. That way that pla- uh, that paper towel absorbs. And check the, the paper towel, too, for moisture. These can store up for 10 days. Where your bell peppers are five, your jalapenos are 10 days and make sure you rinse them before you use them. Also, if you're going to make stuffed jalapeno peppers, get the seeds out. If you do not, I had somebody that I went <laughs> over to their house and I eat and I was like, and I love hot stuff. Well, I didn't like this hot stuff. And she was like, what did I do? And I said, did you seed these peppers? And she said, why should I have done that? <laughs> and so if you don't take the seeds out of those jalapeno peppers, it is going to be a very intense heat. Your Sorrentos, you need to also do the uh, paper towel with them. You can put them in a plastic bag, and they can keep up to three weeks. But check that paper towel so there's no moisture in it. Your Hungarian waxed, you want to put them between paper towels like layer them and uh, put them in the refrigerator. I would not put them in a, uh, a plastic bag at all. You could use a paper bag and then five days in your refrigerator for those. Okay. And again, with the, the wax, you want to take, you know, the the, the seeds out
0: also. Sure, sure. Okay, so they can all be stored in the fridge, but make sure you put in there, you know, a a paper towel for some of that moisture Mm -hmm. wicking, so the fruit doesn't wick it up, the paper towel The paper towel wicks it up, yes. Makes sense. Awesome. Okay, so the best part of the program is, what are some yummy ways to eat peppers?
2: Well, pepper is one of those things that if you're just looking to something to add to your dish for color, that's the route to go. The two most popular ways that most people eat pepper are stuffed. They'll cut off the top of the peppers, and this goes for all of these peppers. They'll cut off the top, they'll stuff them with rice, with cheese, with meat, different types of fillings, and then they'll either bake them or grill them real quickly. Uh, you know, uh, Sometimes the meat's already cooked, sometimes it's not. And uh, my favorite way to fix stuffed bell peppers, and my family... Uh, were one of the biggest, uh, largest uh, pepper-growing families um, in the county years ago, and uh, I didn't know this until Danny and I got married. I had, you know, I had, it was a new thing for me putting that bell pepper in a muffin tin. Well, it makes sense because you put that bell pepper in your muffin tin, it holds its shape. It doesn't fall over. And I used to get so irritated with them falling over. So put it in that muffin tin, and it'll hold its shape, it'll retain it, and you can fill it that way. Then roasting them. Roast your bell peppers under the high heat of the oven, and that brings out the sweetness. And that's with any of the peppers Mm -hmm. if you want to roast them. And you can roast them, and then you can stuff them, or you can chop them up or do whatever stews, a lot of stews have pepper in them, pickled. You can pickle peppers. You can also make your pepper sauce with that. You can put them in salads. Pizzas is what most of the kids, if you ask them about peppers, they're going to say, hey, you know, a pizza. Uh, Scrambled eggs. There's nothing better than an omelet, a Western omelet, especially with your uh, bell peppers in it or any types of peppers. Casseroles and salsa. That's probably one of the most... uh, Way famous ways that everybody everybody loves chips yeah. and salsa.
0: And you mentioned pickles. Didn't Peter Piper pick, pick, a, pick a pick of pick pick pickled, pickled peppers? peppers. <laughs> yep, he sure did. And I actually <laughs> love pickled peppers, even yes, the hot. I do too.
2: Yeah. I love hot jalapenos. <laughs> and one of my new things is fried jalapeno slices like pickles. Mm-hmm. And you do, do, do leave the seeds in there for that. So that is one exception that you leave those seeds in there. And then you can just take, now I don't like to eat a green bell pepper, but I love to take a red or yellow pepper and just eat that raw. But you can't eat those peppers raw. Not for sure. I've seen a lot of people do the jalapenos and the serrantos, <laughs> but that heat level is left up to your intensity. <laughs>
0: Great. So, um, you know, I feel like we could be like the the scene on, on Forrest Gump where he's explaining all the ways you can eat shrimp. It's the same way with peppers. There's just unlimited capability there. Um, but what, what are we getting when we eat peppers? What's their nutritive value?
2: Well, they're, they're packed with vitamins. They're packed with minerals and oxidants. And all of these protect in the development of heart disease, cancers, and diabetes, which, uh, you know, this is a, a tangy taste and a crunchy texture that we can add to our palate. Also, peppers have very few calories because, as Cynthia pointed out, they're mostly water. So, you know, here we go back with the watermelon. You know, Mm -hmm. they have very, very few calories. They're also real high in fiber. So if you're eating peppers, it'll help you fill up fast and make you eat less, and that way you won't overeat. But this is one thing that I think is awesome. They're packed with vitamin C. I can't say enough about that. Your green bell peppers have twice as much vitamin C as an orange. The red bell peppers have three times as much vitamin C. So, hey, you're low on vitamin C? Go get those peppers. Your jalapeno peppers are low-fat. They have saturated fat-free. They're cholesterol-free, sodium-free. They're an excellent source of your vitamin C, a good source of vitamin A, and they're a good source of folate. And then your Sorrentos are, you know, fat-free, saturated-free, sodium, cholesterol-free. They're all, again, excellent sources of vitamin A. Uh, These peppers are uh, high in B6 and C, of course, and a good source of fiber, vitamin K, and magnesium.
0: Awesome. So good for you. So peppers are good for you, fun to grow. Delicious. They're
2: they're good for uh, filling those fruits and veg. Well, they're a vegetable on your on your plate with color. And there's tons of ways to eat it. And I think uh, the group will be interested. uh, And I'm not going to give a hint on what my recipe for the month is, but I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised on how we're using peppers. Ooh, all right.
0: So check it out. And where do they go again? Can you remind us to find these recipes? They go
2: to the Master Gardeners website for plan of the month.
0: Awesome. All right.
2: And if they have any questions, they can email me at mmaddox.ufl.edu. Great. So just to clarify, though,
1: that's Alachua County plan of the month.
0: Great. Thank you for that. Awesome. Well, thank you both for being with me in the studio today to talk about the wonderful peppers that we have here in Florida that we can grow and eat. So, we, with that, we will wrap up another episode of the Plant of the Month. Thanks again for joining us out there in Podcast Land, and until next time. See you.